Adam Duvall is an absolute monster. Despite the fact that the Boston Red Sox continue to not be able to win games and just disappoint in series, this guy is doing the last thing from disappointing as he continues to make history for the Red Sox at the plate. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed. Also, you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball this season. If you download the SiriusXM app, just search Red Sox and the home broadcast for every game will be on there. Thank you for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every day, despite how hard it is on a day like today. After the absolute dumpster fire of a performance the Red Sox had on Monday night, I was very much hoping they would bounce back on Tuesday on hashtag Bayo Bump Day with Bayo on the bump, but that very much did not happen. It was just another game where the Red Sox just couldn't get things going offensively. And just the Astros continue to just bring those bats and take advantage. So going to be talking about all of it today. But first, I have to talk about the man who's been an absolute monster at the plate, Adam Duvall. I mean, this guy has just been mashing. On Tuesday night, he hit his seventh home run in nine games, which is absolutely insane. He currently has an OPS of 916 and a slugging percentage of 582. These are very, very strong numbers. I mean, being able to get on base and add extra bases to it consistently is something that he's been making a habit of. Since August 20th alone, only in the last 10-day span, his batting average has gone up from 242 to 272. Because he's been playing with a lot of heart. As of late, he's one of very few Red Sox players who's actually showing passion at the plate and fire and looking like they actually want to win games. He's one of the few. He's only the third Red Sox batter ever to homer in seven games of a nine-game player span in a single season. He... It goes along with George Scott, who recorded seven in June 1977, and Big Poppy himself with seven in August 2003. The last eight-plus games, he has had 35 at-bats, recorded seven home runs, 15 RBIs, and 12 extra base hits with a 486 batting average. I mean, isn't it wild to think about just how dominant he's actually been? making contact on so many at-bats. Imagine if he hadn't gone to the IL at all this season. I'm so intrigued to see the numbers that he'd be putting up if he didn't miss those couple months in the season early on. Because once he got back, it took him a little bit to get back into the swing of things. But now he's really mashing once again. He did receive American League Player of the Week for this past week, which is obviously so well-deserved. He's putting up ridiculous numbers right now in a Red Sox uniform. 
I'm starting to feel like he just owns the Astros. I mean, he's homered in every game the Red Sox have played against the Astros this season, except one game, which was last Thursday. I mean, it's unbelievable to me how much this guy hits against Houston on the road and at home. Maybe the Red Sox should just continue to play the Astros for his sake. Obviously, that would not be beneficial for everybody else on the team because they can't seem to beat the Astros. But Adam Duvall, I'm sure, would love it because he's one of few people who has decided to bring his bat against this tough Houston team. And not only has he brought the bat, but he's very much brought it a lot. He is on a one-year deal right now, so you have to remember if the Red Sox decide to bring him back next year or let him walk. Part of me is a little worried about the idea of bringing him back because I very much see him as a streaky hitter. As much as he's on this wild run right now, I could see that ending at any time and him significantly struggling at the plate and not being able to really make contact anymore. I still feel like Adam Duvall is a machine, but I think it's sporadic, if I'm being honest with you. He could have the potential to do this consistently. We won't know, unfortunately, because of how much time he spent on the injured list, how accurate this really is. Um, But I fear that it comes and goes in spurts because there's no way that he'll be able to continue this much dominance. If the Red Sox re-sign him next year, I could see him be, it being a Hunter Renfro situation where he came to Boston and had an absolutely crazy year in a Red Sox uniform. And then the Red Sox didn't bring him back. And then he kind of came back down to earth the next year. So I worry that if the Red Sox decide to bring him back, he won't be as consistently dominant at the plate as he is now. And if he's not, you know that would make Red Sox fans incredibly disappointed because they'd expect the world from him with what he's doing this season. But it goes back to the Red Sox, again, having to evaluate and figure out the outfield situation in general because there is a good problem in the outfield right now with the depth that the Red Sox do have, especially with the recent additions of Willier Abreu and, and Rafaela. Two players who have spent the season in AAA up until this point, but have recently been called up to get their opportunity. Um, so if they can showcase their talent at this level, are they guys who the Red Sox could see sticking around, in which case then it doesn't make sense to bring Duvall back? And obviously the Verdugo situation needs to be reevaluated too. He's been hitting a little bit better as of late than he was in that middle stretch a couple months ago into the All-Star break um, and even after the All-Star break. But when it comes to Duvall, the Red Sox really have to look at this situation and say, is it realistic for us to bring him back and expect him to have a similar type of season than he's having right now? Because if he comes back and he's not having that same type of season, then what is he really doing to put the Red Sox in a place where they're above anybody else? 
at this point, if the Red Sox really want to contend in 2024, which I hope that's their mindset, that they can build a team in 2024 that can actually be a legitimate contender. If Duvall is still on the roster, but he's struggling or just not putting up the same offensive numbers as he is now, what good would he do for the Red Sox to make a difference in what they're trying to do. So overall, I feel like this season he's having right now and this tear he's on is an outlier. I don't believe it's normal. Eventually he's going to drop back to reality. That's just how the sport works. It's a long season and only the best of the best can really hit that well so consistently. And it's so rare that you see that. And that's why those types of players are in the hall of fame because they don't come around very often. So to me, you let Duvall walk this off season. Um, and I guarantee that his numbers will start to drop wherever he goes. I love Duvall. He's an absolute machine, but when I'm looking at the long term, if the Red Sox are trying to really contend Next year, I don't see him bringing anything unique to the table that the other outfielders can't bring at that point because I don't feel that he'll be hitting as well next year. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about Brian Bayo. He was on the bump for Tuesday night's game in the loss against Houston. I'm going to be breaking it down next. If you work in sales or have ever worked in sales, you know how challenging it is to be in that field. Trust me, I used to work in sales and you have to be such a people person to be in that type of job and you have to have really thick skin because things are not always going to work out and not always going to go your way and so much is out of your control when you work in sales. Are you struggling to close deals right now? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes, like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this deep sales, and we've built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. Any way to help you when it comes to closing deals and making sales, I'm all for. So LinkedIn sales has you covered to help you out with all of those needs and your any selling needs and struggles that you might be going through. Brian Bayo has been seen as the Red Sox ace all season long. He is not an ace, but right now he is the Boston Red Sox ace. He is the most consistent pitcher the Red Sox have had all season long. He's grown a lot throughout the season when it comes to his starts and his ability to be mature on the mound and get out of jams. One of the best things I've seen him do this season is get out of base traffic really consistently. 
with Chris Sale being injured for as long as he has and him having been previously looked at as the Red Sox ace in prior seasons, they needed somebody who was going to step up and be that consistent starter out of the rotation. So Bayo is the Red Sox ace this year. He still has a lot more work to do. He is not an ace caliber pitcher yet, but you have to be happy overall with what you've seen from him and his potential moving forward. However, in Tuesday night's game against the Astros, he did not go deep into the game, pitched 4.2 innings, giving up four hits and three earned runs, including back-to-back homers, and gave up two walks and had two Ks. It wasn't a bad start. Trust me, it wasn't like I was sitting there watching and saying, Bayo does not look good at all right now. He gave up back-to-back home runs in the first inning to Bregman and Alvarez. Those are two dangerous hitters in the Astros lineup. Alex Bregman is red hot at the plate right now, too. So he hit them at a time when that top of the order is producing and hitting. You can't get away with making many mistakes to guys like that. So... I forgave Bayo for the two home runs because, yes, it wasn't an ideal start, but he made the mistakes. Let's see if he fixes them. And he did for the most part. He had a couple nice quick innings thrown in there. And then he gets into the fifth inning, gets into a jam, and he gets pulled from the game. And to me, you know, you don't want the Red Sox to take chances if a pitcher is struggling but they do need to get more length out of their starting pitchers. As of late, the starters have not been able to go deep into games, and it's been a major issue, and that's why they've been forced to go to the bullpen as much as they have, and it's caused the bullpen to be fatigued. So you can't expect it to be the best of both worlds where the Red Sox are pitching a starter and they don't go that deep into the game but then the bullpen is not tired so unfortunately this was just another example of a starter not being able to eat enough innings so the bullpen had to step up and finish the job like I said I did not think Bayo looked bad by any means on Tuesday night but he certainly didn't look that good and the Astros lineup will bite you and pest and not go away and force pitchers to throw good pitches and be on point. And Bayo got his pitch count up pretty early on in the game because they were hitting him. And something Bayo's been good at, and the reason why he was able to limit the number of runs he gave up, is because he makes in-inning and in-game adjustments when he gets into a jam and he's able to go about the way that he's pitching differently on the mound. And he can get out of those jams and keep his composure in such a professional way, which is something he's done so well all season. And we saw it again in Tuesday night's game. He was able to adapt inning to inning when he struggled and there was traffic on the base paths. So from that standpoint, besides the back-to-back home runs, he looked fine overall, but the Astros were putting up really competitive at-bats, allowing his pitch count to go up. So he was then pulled in the fifth inning. And Jake Schreiber, Winkowski, and Jovera were all used in the game. I showed a graphic on yesterday's episode where I said how much each of those relief pitchers have really been pitching over the last week. Everybody in the Red Sox bullpen has taken on a huge workload lately. 
and it's become a pattern because the starters haven't been pitching deep into games. On Monday night, Sale went 4.2 innings. On Sunday, Houck went four innings. And on Saturday, Paxton went 4.1 innings. And I could keep going on, but just to show you that point that the starters are not even able to get through five innings. And because of that, the relievers have had to pick up a lot more weight than they should have to normally. So people were complaining about John Schreiber coming into the game or Josh Winkowski coming into the game on Tuesday night when the Red Sox were losing. But the reality is you're not always going to see pitchers pitching in the exact situation that you want them to be pitching in. Nobody's around these players more than Cora. He's with them every day. And it was more, it, it was a lot easier at the beginning of the season to kind of nitpick what Cora was doing and his bullpen management. And I know I did it a few times. Why didn't he use certain pitchers when? But that was before they got to the point in the season where they had too many injuries to their pitching staff and they were running a bullpen game out there two times every five. By the time it got to that point, I said, hey, this bullpen is really exhausted right now. And the more that they have to pitch, the more tired they're going to be. That's why I kept preaching over and over again for the Red Sox to get pitching at the trade deadline. They did not do so. And now we're seeing the effect of that because they chose to ride it out, wait until their guys came back from injury. And yes, they have talented pitchers who were injured. And the Red Sox saw them coming back as an upgrade to the squad. But what's the point? And even doing that, if it's causing your bullpen to be absolutely depleted and not be able to come through and finish their job, it's happened on multiple occasions over the last couple months. So with Bayo being pulled when he had to be pulled on Tuesday night from the game, it's just, again, another example of a starter not being able to pull their end of the weight and not pitching deep enough into the game. So therefore, the relievers have to come in and take over, and it's really taxing on their arms. So instead of blaming Cora for every bullpen decision that he makes, why don't we start to look at the bigger picture and blame the starting pitchers for not being able to do their job and deliver and pitch deeper into the games and blame the Red Sox front office for not addressing the pitching and getting some help so that these relievers can get more rest because starters have to be able to pitch deeper into games. That is what is expected of a starting pitcher is to eat the majority of the innings. And when the Red Sox pitchers are not doing that, that's a problem. You need them to pitch the majority of those innings. So Cora is doing the best he can with what he has all of these guys are tired, so there are going to be situations where a pitcher is in the game that you might not think should be pitching at that time, but that is the situation they're in. Brian Bayo has the potential absolutely to be an ace, but he still has work to do. He needs to strike out more hitters, and he needs to be able to gain control quicker in each at-bat that is in front of him so that he can keep that pitch count down. If he can develop that over the next year or so, he could eventually be a true number one pitcher, but he's just not at the moment. Can that change? Absolutely. Like I said, he needs to grow into some things, but the reality is the Red Sox just need more pitching help.
Come, coming up, I'm going to be going over the Jaron Duran situation. He did receive some unfortunate news on Tuesday, so I'm going to be touching on that next. But don't forget that Locked on Red Sox is located anywhere that you get your podcasts. Just search Locked on Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to catch new episodes Monday through Friday for free. Who doesn't like free? And be able to keep up with everything going on with the team. Subscribe, leave a review, share it with your friends and family who also love the Red Sox. And we can try to make the most of what's going on in this crazy season. You can also follow me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbut 10 and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox and keep the conversation going that way. You can also check me out on Instagram on Gabby underscore Hurlbut 10 where I like to post stories to generate conversation about the team. So check me out there as well. And finally, don't forget that Sirius XM has you covered for the home broadcast of every Red Sox game, even on games you might not have wanted to hear, like Tuesday night's 6-2 to loss versus Houston. But if you want to know what went wrong in the game, it's helpful to follow along live. So download the Sirius XM app and search Red Sox and their home broadcast for every game will be there right at your fingertips. So check that out as well. Follow Locked on Red Sox. Join in the conversation on social media. And let's try to finish this season off strong. Jaron Duran recently had to go on the injured list um, due to a toe injury. He was climbing the wall in a game to try to catch a ball, even though the ball was way gone and it was a home run, in fact. So that was disappointing, but he ended up on the injured list as a result of it. He was sitting out. They weren't sure what was going to happen with him. He had received some uh, some tests, and um, they were just trying to figure out where he was at, whether he could return this season or not. On Tuesday, he unfortunately received some unfortunate news that he has to undergo turf toe surgery, which will be a season-ending surgery for him. He's going to need a lot of time to recover from the surgery that's going to be taking place today. Um, The Red Sox expect to have him back and ready to go for spring training of next year. It's absolutely a huge loss for Boston. He was collecting career highs across the board this year. 295 average with a 346 on base percentage and 482 slugging. He hit eight home runs and recorded four BIs while 40 RBIs while collecting a team leading 24 stolen bases and 34 doubles over the 102 games that he played. So it's a bummer. His bat is absolutely going to be missed. He was making a lot happen at the plate and also on the bases by turning singles into doubles. And it was inspiring other Red Sox players to do the same. So that's a big loss and it's going to hurt the Red Sox the rest of this season. But as if this wasn't already what felt like might have been a lost season. That, to me, really, truly feels like the icing on the cake. Just when the Red Sox were starting to get fully healthy again, Duran gets injured, who's been one of their best hitters all season. That just shows to me that it just wasn't meant to be this year. Alex Cora did make some comments on the Duran situation and said, you know, it's obviously tough. It's never easy when you lose a player. But he is somebody who we hoped would help us for the future. Um, I mean, he started the season in AAA this year 
wasn't supposed to come up and then Duvall had that injury. So then he came up and has obviously stayed up because he was red hot at the plate and has the speed and was performing very well and making things happen, making some nice defensive plays as well. But in general, he was part of the future plan. And with the potential he showed this year, he can be very good for the Red Sox in 2024 and beyond to help shape that new core of players that the Red Sox are developing to be the future of the team. So Cora is definitely disappointed in the situation. I'm disappointed in it. It's a huge loss for the Red Sox, but realistically at this point, now that they are six and a half games out of the wild card, their chances of making the playoffs are slim to none at this point. I'm not giving up hope. I never do until they are mathematically eliminated, but from the looks of it, it would be incredibly difficult for them to come back and get a wild card spot. They'd have to go on a big winning streak in order to do that and hope that the teams above them decide to start losing some games. So I'm not counting on that, but the good thing for the Red Sox now is they can really explore Will your Abreu and see where he's at or Sedan Raffaella, who was called up on Tuesday and made his debut. They can really see where guys like that are at and how they can contribute moving forward in the future and then can evaluate it to go along with Jaron Duran, Masataka Yoshida. Who knows what's going to happen with Duvall and who knows what's going to happen with Verdugo. But this is a great time for those two guys to get their opportunity and showcase what they can do. And then the Red Sox can build the outfield for next year around those players. So Duran is absolutely somebody who will make an impact in the future, but it doesn't mean that it's not upsetting that he's going to be out for the rest of the season because he was so fun to watch this season. One of the most fun players to watch in baseball, in my opinion, so he's certainly going to be missed. I'm wishing him the absolute best with his surgery, and I hope everything goes smoothly and he has a smooth recovery. And as a Red Sox fan, we just have to be ready and excited to get him back next year. So keep the faith as much as you can. I know it's so difficult right now. This team is making it so hard to do that, but just keep the faith. As always, go Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side.